does. Writer's block and artistic block exist. Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. Welcome to the Command Z Show. How you doing, Shelby? I'm doing all right. It's the Halloween episode, though. Spooky stuff. This will, this will come out on Monday, October 30th. Oh, look at that. All right, real quick then, let's go into this. Uh, top three scary movies. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like to... I don't watch a lot of horror movies. I know that's awful. Um, I love Nosferatu. Um, of course you do. I could totally like see you saying that. <laughs> that's like, that's the best. That is, that's the OG. Right. Um, I love that. I like like kind of like the not so typical like October movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I kind of like like Interview with the Vampire. It's like kind of cheesy, but it's interesting. Fun. I think Anne Rice did a good, good job writing the books. They're good. But I mean, I love like a classic Tim Burton. Yep. Um, like at mm-hmm. Halloween, I give me, give me Tim Burton all days, all the time. That's a, that's a good one. I would say, whew, um, a big one for me is, uh, Haunting of Hill House. Have you watched that? Oh, that's a great movie. Uh, there's, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is Insidious. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yes, yes. God, that. That horrified me for days after. I was like, <laughs> not too many movies. Do I'm like, do I say like, I wish I wouldn't have watched that. Oh. Um, but it was like a week or two later. I'm like, that was really good. Um, just really, just scary. I don't know. I really, uh, I want to see um, Pearl really bad. Like Martin Scorsese said that it, it like kept him up at night really? for days. So I really want to see that. And I'd like to see Barbarian, too, because I think it's got a, an interesting production backstory because, um, like, a bunch of, like, big studios passed up on it. And, like, like it was offered to A24. They passed on it. And now it's doing really well. So good job, Barbarian. Interesting. <laughs> uh, also a big fan of Halloween, the the original. I think that yes. – I remember being in um, in high school and our teacher uh, in our – film production class was a joke but uh the teacher was a joke or the class was uh, the class i could almost <laughs> say that about every teacher that i had in high school though because i just wasn't a fan um but anyway he was like showing us like clips from halloween and just like how just why different shots were sh- were chosen i'm like it's just one of the most like fundamental <sighs> films ever where it's just like it's so like i don't know i don't want to say it's by the book but i think it kind of created the book in a lot of Mm -hmm. scenarios i don't know um no i would agree with that yeah that's a good one anyway all right i I am gonna mention though too with halloween Mm -hmm. something that's really cool is um it breaks the mold of the final girl yeah um so like jamie lee curtis just out there still doing it here we are. It's true. Is she final girl now? We don't know. I haven't watched the newest we one. We don't yet. know. I, I, I have a spoiler, but I'm not going to say it. So oh. I was going to yeah. wait till Monday probably to watch that. I didn't like the last one, the yeah. one that came out last time. I thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> anyway, we'll see. Anyway, okay. Hey, listen. Uh, welcome to uh, the Command Z Show. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you're having a spooky day or something. Yeah, uh-huh. it's spooky. Anyway, uh, Shelby, you have a pretty spooky question. I do. It's dun, dun, it's dun. haunting. That's a very it's... haunting question. It's it's a very haunting question. It's terrifying artists and writers everywhere. Yeah. Does writer's block and artistic block exist? Yes. Um, this is scary stuff. So <clears throat> this is something that is that has fascinated me for a long, long time. Um, honestly. I've I've tried to solve this. I've tried to understand this better. I've done experiments with this in the weirdest way that I honestly I don't I'm not sure I really understood at the time, but now I do. Um I guess the the first thing that I'll say here is that yes, I, I do believe that there is such thing as writer's block, creative block, whatever you want to call it. But I don't think that it's as magical as people think it is. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, I think math can be put into place to remove those blocks mm-hmm. in a strange way. And I guess whenever I say math, I mean, I think what makes people unique is their their experiences, their cultures, everything everything about how they've lived to that point can almost be reduced to I guess bullet points or nodes Mm -hmm. and a word web that's kind of how I imagine it in my head yeah and those nodes are always there but the problem becomes when the lines stop going from place to place Mm. am I creating a decent visual here because in my head no 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 that makes sense that makes sense I I see Um, where you're going so like I almost see like I see creative blocks as a word web without any lines Mm. um, where that information's there, but you don't know how to connect it or you don't, yeah, you just don't see a connection of things. So for me, that first experiment that I did was starting making Midwest, uh, a little creative conference where I got a bunch of people together. And what I wanted to do there was, I don't know. I guess it's kind of two parts here. It's like one, yeah. Like how do you, how do you get out of your industry, out of these silos that you're constantly in, out of the echo chambers? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like okay, it's a connected word web, but it's very small. It's just it's not big enough to really come up with really creative ideas when you're just talking to certain people all the time or just making the same things over and over again. So for me, it was, let me get a bunch of people in one room that have that are all creative people, but have nothing to do with each other, basically, like that don't know each other, that are in different industries altogether. So I was like, all right, well, we want to get somebody in the food industry. We want to get somebody like a chef or um, we want to get a writer. We want to get a painter. We want to get an animator, a filmmaker. Um So for me, it was like, what happens when you get all of these people together and you almost trick everybody in to listening to people 
that they don't think that they're going to relate to, but all of a sudden they're like, oh, actually, like, that's really interesting. Um, so for me, this, this was kind of like the first experiment that I that I ran just to see, like, well, what happens? Like, is this is this how you help people be more creative and kind of get rid of these blocks that maybe they might have? And mm-hmm. I don't I don't have any research uh reports or anything like that but to me it was just a fun thing and a few months after that it it got me thinking more about this whole node concept i'm like what if the node the nodes are there um in people's heads but they just can't think of them at that moment yeah so that's whenever on a on a piece of on in my journal i drew a bunch of boxes and i put like little things in them like um, a flower, um, a cloud, a tree, a paintbrush, uh, a helix, a microscope. Like I just put like a random assortment of probably, I don't know, 25 things. Maybe I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I started just drawing lines just randomly, like from microscope to cloud and then I'm like, that's interesting. Like, that's a, a collision that you might not put together, mm-hmm. but it almost immediately gives you a creative idea and everybody kind of does their own thing with it. Yeah. So then it turned into, I printed these cards out and then I'd flip two over at a time. And I was like, oh, that's fun. And then it turned into like, you know, what? I should get like some of these cards made. Uh Ran a Kickstarter. This, this is this is the, the called it okay okay called it the game is, of creativity, right? So awesome. that, that was the whole purpose behind it. Was like, how do you well one help people understand that they are creative? They just <laughs> they're missing the framework sometimes, um, and two help with this creative block that people have to be able to be creative on a moment's notice. Um. Anyway, so all of that being said, like yes, those those things are real, like. And I'm not saying that I'm like exempt from having creative block at this point. Like it still happens, but mm-hmm. like I'll, you know, open up my iPad and sit down with a blank canvas and I'm like, what do I do now? Um, <laughs> but it it becomes more fun whenever it's like, I don't know, when you know kind of how to overcome those things or it's like, okay, yeah. like what am I open to right now? Do I want to just you know, draw two cards, whether physically or metaphorically, just kind of pick two random things and understand what that connection is. Um, and that's, I don't know, that I think that's, I think that's what it, what it comes down to. I think that this sort of creative block happens. Sorry, I'm going on for a while here. Uh, no. it, it happens much more when you're younger, I believe, for mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons. I think one, maybe you just don't have enough nodes enough experiences Mm -hmm. to kind of pull from um two is um i think probably based in fear where it's like i'm not just going to make this thing that's just these random objects you know but a big part of being creative is fear and i think we've talked about that several times now um and i think that it's just I don't know. Maybe it's just all fear. (laughs) Like it's almost like a a fear of wasting your time. Um, So it's like, 
just different kinds of fear, like fear of what other people are going to think about what you make, fear of the time that you're committing to something because you're like, oh, do I want to spend it here or doing something else? But mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Like to me, you remove those creative blocks by being a little bit silly. Mm -hmm. um, and to try to help remove that fear, I guess. That's interesting. I think that this explains so much about you, though, Matt. <laughs> the nodes and being able to connect things like even just um you as a visual person like i think that 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 explains mm -hmm. a lot um for me as a writer i i don't really i don't really believe in writer's block in the traditional sense um just because i think that if as a writer you should be writing every day doesn't matter what it is, right. whether it's just, you know, maybe you're just going on Twitter and you're just writing something funny or you're actually setting, sitting down and like writing pages. You need to be able to do that every single day. And it doesn't matter what it is, just writing something. And a lot of writers that I know are like, well, I've experienced writer's block for like the last year. That's crazy. Like that's, it's such an intense thing. Yeah. If I just, I haven't been able to write anything for a year. I haven't had any inspiration. The problem is, is if you're waiting for inspiration, you're never going to write anything. Right. Because right. you don't know where to look for it then. It's, it's something where if you're not kind of looking for those little moments in everyday life, you know, you're not going to find it. I think that, I think that that's really important is to, you know, talking about that fear is don't be afraid to look for those little moments especially if you're if you're a writer because that's that's what we do is a, a lot of times as writers we're writing about those everyday little things what are our little experiences how can we expand upon those things and that's something that I think about a lot because I'll just I I'm working on a um on my on my thesis working mm -hmm. for uh on my MFA and um I was putting together a couple of pieces and like I'm creating this character who's kind of like a rebellious artist and um, I went to a fashion show like last weekend and I didn't know kind of exactly how I wanted the career for this artist to be and where I kind of wanted to place them. And I went to this fashion show and I was like, okay, I know exactly a scene right now that I want to be able to write in this. Mm -hmm. And like, I wouldn't have had that idea if I wouldn't have gone there, but I would have had a different idea of someplace else because of a different experience that I would have had or a different thing that I saw on Pinterest or whatever. It's there's little moments of inspiration that you kind of have to look for every day, I think. Right. And yeah. that's how I get past like, oh, I'm not quite sure what I want to write. It's like, well, what am I seeing in my everyday life right now that I can draw inspiration from? Right. I it's it's interesting that you kind of bring that up. I think that I I very much see it the same way where, again, it's, it's based in these sort of experiences but for me, I'm like, I, I try to take note of how certain things make me feel, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think about how do I want to make other people feel? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, to me, that's to make somebody feel something is much more important than the story, right? Like that is what makes mm -hmm. the story amazing is because you make them feel a certain way. Yeah. So for me, whenever I'm I don't know. I guess de depending on what the project is, it's, it's, it comes down to that. It comes down to a little framework. And I think that's another thing that comes as you experience a little bit more or, you know, have these sort of writer's blocks more. Um, is that, um, I don't know, you, you, you look into yourself as, as far as like, okay, what, 
okay, if I want the person to feel this way, what have I experienced in my life that made me feel that way? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're speaking more towards something that you know. Now, this is something that we do quite often with like our client projects. If somebody's like, you know what, right here, we want this to be kind of an emotional story. I'm like, great. Like, let me tap into that for just a moment. <laughs> um, and, and you know, you cycle through these different things that you've experienced in your own life. And then you can be like, okay, like, that's not appropriate to talk about. Or like, this, this might be something. <laughs> uh, like, you, you, you run through these things in your head to try to figure out how you can relate to that feeling. And I think mm-hmm. we, we have kind of talked about that a little bit before in a past episode, but um, I, I don't like, that's why I say like, ultimately, if you're, I think you're right. It's, you should either be writing or you should be experiencing something, mm-hmm. but sitting down and staring at a page is like trying to go to sleep when you're not tired. And that's a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. You'll just waste <laughs> hours and hours just laying there. Um, yeah. Like, so instead, if you're not tired, get up, do something else, go play something. Like, I guess that's the other thing. Like, I, I go through periods of time where I'll read a lot of books and then there's times where I'm like, no, like I'm not, I love books, but I'm just not interested right now. Like I'm, maybe this is a different topic altogether, but for me, I feel like there's a, um, there's, there needs to be a balance between consuming and creating. Mm-hmm. And I completely that, agree with if that. If that balance isn't isn't a balance at all if it's one side or the other then you're gonna it's just i think that's probably another thing that creates the sort of blocks Mm -hmm. um because yeah if you're just constantly watching tv all day long playing video games like i i love doing those things too um and i'm not saying that those are a bad thing but i don't think that it's super i think to a certain point it's really great for your own creativity but at a certain point it just becomes too much yeah. Um, but same thing with creating. If you're just always writing and always painting, always animating, like whatever you're, whatever you do, if you're just always doing that thing, I don't know. It just starts to lose its flavor. I mm-hmm. guess it's just not. It's not art. It's not really creativity at that point. It's more just executing a thing. Um, I don't, yeah, I would. I would totally agree with that. Um, I think for me, like I try to watch like one film a week. Mm-hmm. And I've had I've had people like say that when they're writing they don't watch anything. Mm-hmm. They will watch absolutely nothing if they're creating something, if they're if they're painting, if they're working on a on a really large project, they won't look at anything else. Like they are completely consumed in that in that one piece that they're creating at that moment. And there's good and bad sides to that. Mm-hmm. There's you know you're very immersed in that world, which is great. It's great to be immersed in the world that you're that you're working on. But also you, you can kind of lose yourself in mm-hmm. that space. And getting too caught up in the waves of that, you, you can drown very easily. And you can have burnout. And I mean, I've, I've seen it firsthand of, you know, I've worked on this project way too hard for way too long without any breaks. And I'm completely burnt out from it. And I don't want to look at it ever again. And that's, that's sad. Because that is right. something that at some point, I mean, it really sparked inspiration for you. So I, yeah, the consumption of the creation is such a delicate balance and being able to kind of find that in your process is so key to be able to create like great art and feel inspired at the same time. Right. And I don't know, it kind of brings me a little bit more towards like the client side of things. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't necessarily consider that art in traditional sense, right? Like there are personal yeah. projects, which is very much art, 
But it's like, okay, now what happens when somebody puts a timer on you and now you're forced to be creative on the spot (laughs) and you got nothing? And to me, I mean, you know, my role as a creative director, I feel, is to reduce those moments of either confusion or block of some kind, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, what I always look at is like, okay, if, if that happens in a project, it means that there's too many ideas to choose from, mm-hmm. right? Like we're not, if we take it again at that node word web looking thing, it means that there's just too many. There's millions of them. How do you possibly choose what connection to make when there's that many? So a big part of overcoming these creative blocks is to narrow your focus. So I always do this right here where it's like, okay, if you're, if your field of vision is like this, um, and you're looking at all these possible things, nobody can see me now, but just imagine that I'm making a little a V with my hands. <laughs> um, and then with more sort of information, uh, and more of a narrowing focus, we narrow that a bit more. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's actually harmful to creativity, but I mean, we're not completely closing it. We're just yeah. narrowing it. And when we narrow it, all of a sudden, now there's not so many options. Now we don't have to battle with this decision paralysis, basically. Mm-hmm. And when we, yeah, so when we narrow those those possibilities, all of a sudden we can then flourish a lot more creatively. So Matt, then I have a question. When a client comes to you with an idea... You know, we want to tell this story. Where's the first place you go for inspiration? Um, well, I guess the first thing I go to is I want to try to understand some of their stories. Mm-hmm. I want to understand how they want to make people feel. And like, for instance, there's a a project that we're working on right now-ish, one that just wrapped up-ish. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, we want something pretty heartwarming. Uh, a story about a dog and you already know where I'm going to go with this, but, (laughs) um, and I was like, okay, so we want this kid to be like inspired by this dog to do something later in life. Like that was kind of the the basic framework that we had kind of from a client on this project. And I'm like, okay, if we want people to feel a certain way, sometimes it makes sense to throw the exact opposite feeling at them. As, as as far as contrast goes. Yep. So I asked the question of, can we kill the dog in the story? And the answer was no. But to me, I'm like, oh, that's like the easiest way for us to create that feeling is let's show the exact opposite first, the complementary feeling. And then we can get to that point. So I, I don't know, I guess I almost look at it as a Again, uh, try to put a framework to it of like, all right, what do we want people to feel? Again, a lot of times whenever we're working on client projects, it's like, what do you mean? Like, we don't want people to feel like a certain way. We just, we want to show our product. And I'm like, well, that's, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And we do stuff like that occasionally, but like, that's not the best work that you're ever going to see us make or anybody make. And it's not going to be the thing that makes this really unique. Mm -hmm. So and that was kind of a, a challenge or struggle for me going to school for 3D animation was I was really, really wrapped up in the technical aspects of everything for so long mm-hmm. that I forgot that without a story, none of this even matters. Like yeah. this thing could be the most beautiful thing 
in the world, but if it doesn't have a solid story to it, then it's forgotten immediately. Mm-hmm. And so it's not in the best interest for a client. It's not in our best interest as individuals or a team. So it, it is, it's usually starting at that, like, what do we want people to feel? And if that's all we get, if we don't get any sort of basic idea for a story, then yeah, I'm like, I'll ask any client stories that maybe they have. Like, okay, if any any customers have any certain things that you guys all found fascinating at your company, like trying to pull inspiration from any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then also, again, like I said, it's pulling from personal experiences ourselves, right? We all go through something different. And I feel like the best work that anybody can make is when it's pulled from something really personal to them like if you if you want to create something that is a heart heartwarming story or whatever you know you need to be able to understand that feeling and you need to be able to incorporate that into what you're making like think think about the 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 greatest work of art that's ever been made like there isn't any one thing but like (laughs) you know the renaissance period um it wasn't just the fact that they could paint with this photorealistic lighting um, it had nothing to do with that. Like, yeah, it was beautiful to look at, but all of these things that people made were just such, I don't know, emotional stories where they yeah. felt inclined to spend months of their life creating this one piece that is almost like a diary entry of, of theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, and people take from it what they will, but these people, they put, they put their heart into these things that they're making. And again, I mean, you can, it's not just the Renaissance period, but like even like Picasso. And again, people see it and they're like, oh, cool. These like pretty colors he's using, um, (laughs) really flowy things like great. But like, I feel like that guy was, yeah, he's always telling a, a story, like a really, really in-depth story on every single thing that he ever made and that to me that is why what he's done the work that he's done is so coveted now um and i don't know that's i guess the, the short version of kind of where i would go for those stories it's kind of like that's that's your starting point it is just kind of again i guess going back to that a little bit more like physically what I'm doing when I start these things is really writing out these nodes. Like what are, what are the nodes? Like, let me build this world in my head and figure out what things need to be connected and things that don't need to be connected. Weirdly enough, it never looks like a word web. It's usually just bullet points, but like, that's how I imagine it in my head is this big word web. Um, yeah. How about you? For me, I also, I just have to say, um, I think you really need to write a book, Matt. It's just called um, "Should I, Can Can We Kill the Dog?" I think that's <laughs> it's such a great title. It's like we um, need to exploit this. Okay, that's like... such a good idea. That really is. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> there you go. I, I get like a it's little, just, I have like a little note of credit of like Shelby yeah, came up with. Yeah. <laughs> I. It's just it's weird, like thinking about the thing. It's funny now, but like at the time, I'm like. I don't want to ask this question. This is going to make me look like a psych, like just a psychopath. I don't want to ask this question, but 
we are servants to the stories that we are telling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to break that little wall that they might think that I'm crazy. Yeah. But like, I just want to throw some, throw something out there to see how they would respond to that rather than just go ahead and make the thing. I would rather have that conversation up front, you know, but I think that's, it's a good conversation to have though, because being able to understand where your boundaries are mm-hmm. and knowing when and where to push them yep. is, is important. And if you're going to tell really emotionally impactful stories, you need to know where those boundaries are right. aligned, whether that is in client work or whether it's in personal work. And that comes to of what are your own boundaries? Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to put, you know, if, even if it's for client work and you're going back and you're looking at your own personal stories and your own personal experiences, what are your boundaries of being able to put a piece of yourself into something? Because if they don't like it, they don't it like hurts. it. It, it hurts. It, it does. That's really interesting. Um, sorry, keep going. No, I was going to say, okay. yeah, I, I, that was actually part of my next question of, you know, how how much are you willing to put into something? How much of yourself are you willing to put into something that maybe somebody won't like? For me, I there comes a certain point, I guess. I, I talk about this like I'm like, really old right but like i i feel like i've just i've been through a lot of different things right uh for better or for worse i've been through a lot of different things and for me it's always been much more healing to let people know um to talk about those things pretty openly um but also i don't feel like i have to prove anything to anybody and this isn't something that's always existed. This is something that's a relatively new thing for me. Oh, well, and it comes with experience. Maybe. Yeah. I guess it's just like I, you know, from a, from a resume perspective, like I've done some cool stuff. I'm happy with the things that I've done. I don't feel like I need to keep doing them anymore. Um, like, so I don't, I don't have anything to prove when it comes to that. Um, like, yes, clients pay us a good amount of money to do the things that we do. Um but I, I don't know, like, I, I guess for me, I'm like, I will do the absolute best that I can on everything that we touch. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hate certain things. And I won't take it personally. Like, maybe for a moment, I might be like, ouch. Um, but I don't know, for the most part, it's like, okay, well. And sometimes this kind of creates a little bit of conflict. And everybody knows mm-hmm. that in stories, conflict is good. Um, But it's like, you know, if somebody has a problem with your idea, well, can you explain to me why it's not a great idea exactly? Mm -hmm. And argue, uh, respectfully anyway. Um, But to be able to have those conversations, like, I guess that's the other thing is when you do make something that's a little more personal, you're much more likely to fight for it. Mm -hmm. If If you truly believe that it's the right thing, then you fight for it. Yeah. If you don't or the client has a good idea or they have a good reason why they don't like your idea it's always being open to that too like it's you don't have to fight for every single idea you know um but i think it's just keeping an open mind while at the same time you know if if this is the idea you believe in well you came to us and you asked us to do this thing this is part of our process this is this is what's always led us to creating the best work that we make so Mm -hmm. we can not do that but just know that you're 
I don't want to say kick in a hornet's nest, but <laughs> that seems a bit extreme. But in a way, like you're you're trying to change things, and whenever we change things, we can't. We're even farther away from being able to guaranteeing success on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like, for me, it always goes back to like, do we want to create something that is unique, or do we want to create something that's been done a million times before? Yeah. Um, people will always be more comfortable with doing the things that they've seen before. But I think that we've gotten comfortable creating the things that haven't like, yeah, there's, there's certainly inspiration that we pull from things, but I feel like the work that we do is pretty unique and Mm -hmm. that's what keeps drawing more and more people to us. So to me, again, it, it all comes back to that story. What story do we want to tell? And like you said, what boundaries do we have for me as an individual? None. I don't have any boundaries. I'll talk about whatever. If I feel like that is how we achieve our goal, I'm willing to open up everything about who I am to be able to do that thing. Um, and like there was um, a project that we did um, last year around this time for a children's hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever they were like, they were just kind of talking about like, it's this really casual thing. And uh, they're like, yeah, we're doing like these characters that'll be on the screen at a children's hospital. And immediately I'm like, Hmm, well, I've spent a lot of time at a children's hospital more than I should have. And I know, I mean, there's people out there that spend, you know, months and months. I certainly wasn't there, but like, I know what kind of place this is. Um, Like I know, I know how I would want to feel if I was there. And honestly, I feel like that's the only reason we kind of won this project, won the ability to do this project, was because I went off for like 25 minutes and I regretted immediately after. But I was like, I'm like, this isn't just a simple thing, guys. Like, this is this is really important stuff right here. And I went into just kind of my story a little bit. And I'm just like, this is why this is important. Like, they 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 knew that it's important, but I don't think that they had like a firsthand account like me opening up like that was. Um, but yeah, after we were done talking, I'm like, they're going to go with somebody else. Like we haven't done anything specifically like this before. And then like a week later, they're like, yeah, we want to work with you. I was like, I wasn't expecting that at all, but I, I have to believe it's because of just being able to open up now. It's not that we're directly like, okay, this character is now me in this scenario. Like, it's not like that. It's about like, what, what is the way that you relate to certain subjects you know mm-hmm. and if you can find that way i don't know maybe it's just a problem that i have but i just it's just easier to be transparent and just again opening up yourself completely of who you are and you know, we always talk about this like work-life balance whatever like once you're done working you should be done working but honestly i feel like when if you can if you can find a way to make your work personal mm-hmm like, nobody ever talks about that. Nobody talks about bringing... Like, they talk about, like, oh, work life slips into your personal life. Don't that... bring work into life, but maybe it's okay to bring life into work. 100%. Yeah. And, um... I don't know. I that's, I guess that's my, my general feeling on everything, is just to, to be open. It's just much easier mm-hmm. that way. And stories are less fake. A lot less yeah. fake whenever you can speak on them personally. Um, yeah, go ahead. 
I, I, I agree with that. I think the, the authenticity is really key. And going back for, for creative block, I think being authentic is what breaks that. Right. Um, and for me, I think that that's like something that, that was something that drew me to made by things. And when we were doing our first, um, our first interview together, like being able to have those discussions of like, we tell stories and as a creative, I, I bleed on the page, mm-hmm. you know, everything is out there, I think, and I think it should be. I mean, if I'm choosing to live a creative life, I'm choosing to be an artist, I want to tell my stories and I want to be able to tell things that are really personal to me because I know other people are going to feel the same way. Because mm-hmm. so much for me is going out and being a creative is finding a community of people who, you know, maybe they have those same stories as me. Maybe they can understand what I'm saying and finding other people that are like me, that do understand those things. That's so important to me. And you can only find those people if you are open and if you Mm -hmm. are authentic, because otherwise you're fake and you're going to find other fake people. Right. And that's, that's important to me as a creative. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that, and this is just a suspicion here, but I think that's one of the things that separates really good films from really bad films. Yeah. Is do the people making it know this feeling? Are they just mm-hmm. taking this writer's story and making this thing or or can they feel it? And I don't know because there's so many so many films where it's like I don't feel anything right now. Yeah. Like I would rather not even watch this. I'd rather leave the theater right now than like I don't care what happens. I don't care to these about these characters. I don't care about any of this stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of it kind of brings me to. Uh, uh, I started thinking about uh, what's it called? Secret Secret Window, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think um, it's, is it? I think that's it. Secret Window. I don't know. I want to say. I, I can look it up. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a sort of. It's a it's a good way for us to. Yeah, it's, together. it's a secret window. It's a secret window? Yeah. Look at that. See? Good job. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that was a somewhat scary movie, if I remember right. It's somewhere in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure it was all about uh, creative block as well. I think that he yeah. had some sort of block. And That's also, what I'm saying. I didn't think it was a really good movie, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, let's let's get into some final thoughts here. Uh, you go ahead first. Final thoughts for me um, with block. I think I think a lot of it, and I say this like every single time, it's your process and being able to kind of figure that process out. Like you working with with the nodes and with the word web, you know where knowing where to start with that and if that can help you, and also knowing how far your boundaries should be with that when creating that web when knowing where to put your personal stories in and being able to to healthily respond to to feedback on mm-hmm. those stories because that's that's a really important part of that is if you're willing to put it out there are you willing to be able to take the comments that are going to come with it um so just being able to have a healthy relationship both with the work and and with yourself as a creative, I think is is a great way to be able to overcome that block. Yep, love that. Uh, I would say, if you ever feel like you don't have an idea on something, then you need to experience something. 
do something that you've never done before drive to work a different way um changing habits identifying what your habits are and then slightly altering them if you always you know in the shower if you always wash your hair first wash your hair last like it's crazy how something so tiny can i don't know just give you a good sense of awareness and that Mm -hmm. sense of heightened awareness will make you think a lot harder Uh, you know getting getting out of autopilot basically and I don't know, taking the time to create those new connection points, nodes, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid to make something that's shitty because you get more than one attempt. Yeah. Right? It's just a first draft if it's writing or I don't know. I, I, good. I, I was just going to say, it's so good to make shitty things. Right. It's so good. It's so cathartic. It can mm-hmm. push you in so many different ways. Yep. And you, you don't necessarily need to share those things with the world if you're not comfortable, mm-hmm. but I would even challenge you to share those things that you feel like aren't really that great because it's crazy the things that people connect to that you don't really think about. Um, so, I mean, some of the best work that we've ever made, I'm like, I, I mean, I guess it's all relative and subjective, but... Um, for me, I'm like, okay, this is a good piece. But then, like, all of a sudden, people will be like, wow, this was great. I'm like, really? <laughs> go, okay. I didn't see that, but, like, great. I'm like, I love it. Um, yep, so that's what I'd say. Keep experiencing more stuff and just make stuff, even if it's bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I hope everybody has a good Halloween. And uh, doesn't don't eat t- too much candy. Or something. Solid advice. Thanks. Spoken <laughs> like a true dad, huh? <laughs> Don't eat too much candy. I'm not taking <laughs> you to the dentist, alright? Um Okay, that's all I have. Uh it's been fun. Love you, bye. The Command Z show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.